You're listening to the Engaged Club podcast, where we believe that engagement of members, staff, and managers is the key to a thriving club. Our aim is to help you become a better club manager by giving you practical, actionable club management and marketing advice. I'm Roger Kincaid. I'm the marketing director at Off Course Golf. We make member and customer engagement tools for club managers that make growth and prosperity their business. You can find out more about what we do at offcourse.golf. And I'm Jim Hope. I've been managing clubs and working in the hospitality business for nearly 40 years. I now proudly serve the members of the Derrick Golf and Winter Club in Edmonton, Alberta as their GM and COO. All right, Jim, what's uh, what's on the podcast today? What are, what are the engaged club folk going to hear about? We're going to have a discussion. You and I are going to talk about this, Roger. This is not going to be a one-way conversation. It's going to be a two-way conversation on members who use the club and members who support the club and what that difference looks like and, and maybe how you can convert members who use the club to members who support the club. Ooh, I sort of feel like members who use the club is kind of a dirty word, is it? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, no, it isn't. Um, it sounds like it is. It sounds like they're just coming in, taking advantage of everything you do, and they're walking out the door. Whereas I actually think that members who use the club are doing what they're getting, what they paid for. Like this is what they signed up for and that's okay. It's cool what they're doing. Okay. Well, I'm really interested in hearing the difference between members who use the club and members who support the club and figuring out if one is better than the other. This podcast is supported by the Canadian Society of Club Managers. Jim, away we go. When you look at the the difference between use and support, I almost uh, defined it by... In, on the golf, in the golf business, uh, use is a daily fee golf course and support is a private club. You know, if someone uses the club, they show up, they, they take part in whatever the sport is that they um, were, are paying for. Uh, they're not engaged in any dialogue at the club. Like they, they really don't care that much about what's going on other than if it affects them personally and what it is that they do. Um, they often they'll express their dislikes uh, uh, when something happens. Uh, they, they, you know, the, whatever it is that they're doing at the club, it fulfills their needs. Um, often I would call them invisible members, you know, um, they're active. They, they may be at the club a lot, but you just really don't know who they are. Um, and often um, when members have discussions about those that support and those that don't, it's F&B related. You know, oh, I support the club. I can every F&B event we have, we come for dinner every Saturday night and I'm having a drink here three days a week. So that means I'm a supporter of the club. Um, but but use, as you said in the in the opening, it, you know, it sounds like a dirty word, but it isn't, man. I mean, I joined a club. I paid my entrance fee. I pay my annual dues. I'm using the club for what I for what I bought. And I'm pretty content. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm-hmm. As I try to think about it, I think about, um, you know, the guys that play in the same foursome every Saturday morning, use the club, whereas the guy that brings that guest green fee in to the private club, right, who brings a friend and is, is uh, you know, sharing the club with uh, people outside who could eventually become members or who are at the very least are going to bring in uh, some incremental F&B revenue and some, you know, green fee revenue. I feel like that's more like supporting the club. But so here's here's my question back. Um are they supporting the club because they feel it's their responsibility as a member or are they supporting the club because it's just really good value? Like it's a great golf course. It's a really competitive green fee. We have beers and nachos afterwards in the clubhouse because the beer is really well priced. They've got a great selection on tap and the nachos are awesome or beer selection really kind of sucks. The nachos are average. The golf course is pretty good, but I feel I need to support my club. So I bring guests out. Right. 
So that's where I, you know, I struggle with the support part. I hope they're supporting the club because they're also getting value. They feel they're getting value for it as well. Not because it's their responsibility as a member that they should do this. So then, you know, I'm, what I'm really hearing from you, Jim, is that people are going to join the club for different reasons and they're going to, you know, attend the club for different reasons. Um, but you know, from marketing, like one of the, like a, just a general marketing principle is you've really got to pave a path for people to take. So we can't really just open up a store and hope people are going to show up to buy our product. And so similarly in a club, I guess we have to pave a path for people to support the club if that's what we want them to do. So what what are some behaviors that members might have that are very supportive of the club that we would like to encourage? Before I answer that, I just want to step back to uh, a podcast that uh, you did that talked about the five steps of uh, engagement with somebody in your facility from awareness to interest, desire, action, and experience. And I think that if you've done those things correctly through the buying stage, how someone buys your product, you're more apt to get a supportive member of your club because they understand they're coming for more reason than just uh, a gymnasium. You can just go to Good Life. You can go to, there's hundreds of facilities in our city where I can go work out, but I want more than just a treadmill uh, and a weight machine. Um, that's why I'm joining a club. So I think to, to answer your question, um, I think that what you need to do is, is when you're, when you're engaging with somebody about joining the club, you try and find out from them why it is that they're joining. And they may just be joining because it's next door to their house and they want to work out every morning at 5.30 and be in the office by 8. And this is a convenience for them. And you go, okay, great. Um, but with most people, I think they inherently, they want to join a community when they join a club. They, they understand that that's part of what they're getting. It's part of what they want. A community that may just be for them. It may be, might, might be for them as a couple and it might be for them as a family. So I think it's imperative to us that as club managers, um, that we present that community to new and prospective members. We present that to existing members as well and say, hey, you know, if you became more engaged in the club, uh, there's more that you can get out of it as well. And so I think if you can engage people in discussions and decisions, you know, so if you're doing a major capital project, you know, go look, engage those people that are normally invisible around the club or you don't hear much about, engage them in the discussion to find out what they think. And you never know, you might just trigger something with them that they say, hey, yeah, that go good point. Any rooms on any committees for me to be able to volunteer on? Now I'm thinking about it. I've been at the club a couple of years. I'd like to get more involved now. So uh, what are some volunteer opportunities for me? So I think there's ways that you, you, you can't just ignore those people and say, they're awesome. I don't want to hear from them. They pay their dues every month. They're fantastic members. And they are. But I think at the same time, you have a responsibility to try and get them more active and engaged at the club. One thing that you do at your club is uh, you started a beekeeping program, right? Like a honey program? Yep. Quick question. Was that the club's idea or did a member bring that forward? Um, I think it was the club's idea. Okay. Because I was just sort of wondering, like, you know, it's really easy for us when we are running a, sh a ship, right, to, to be busy. Um, and then if somebody comes up with any kind of idea, good or bad, one of our first, you know, re reflexes is to go, oh, my gosh, like, I don't have enough to do already, right? Yep. But how do you then, like, is, is there a, a good process or, or, or a good system that you can put in place for somebody where... When somebody comes up to you, a member comes up and says, hey, you know, I had an idea for a scholarship program or, hey, I had an idea for, you know, uh, having our own chickens and, and getting our own hens and stuff like that. You know, these are all things that could be really supportive and enrich the club. 
Um, but how do you prevent them from becoming like this time-sucking project? By going uh, asking them right back and say, that's an awesome idea. Um, would you be willing to initiate a, a, a member program that, um, let's go to the beekeeping example, um, would you be willing to initiate a member program where we find three or four members who want to be, and we'll find an app area to be able to give them a hand. We'll, we'll pay all the capital costs for all the beehives and all the equipment, but somebody who might want to drive that uh, for us, members who think that this is really important for you know, the environment and, and for the bee community to be able to make sure that we are able to sustain them. Would you be able to be anxious or help? Would you help us get involved in that? And so turn it back to them. Right. And, and they said, yeah, that's funny. You know, I got a couple other members. Let me leave that with me. I'll get back to you in a week or two. So two things that you've done. Number one, you might start a program that's going to be really good for the club. Number two, you've engaged that member in something more than just using the facilities. Now they're becoming part of the club community and they may bring other members with them. And number three is that if you don't do it as a club, they're not going to blame you and say, I gave them this great idea and they didn't do anything about it. They have to have to look interior and say, I gave them this great idea. They turned it back on to me to say, would I get active and involved? I said I wouldn't or couldn't. They're less apt to blame you for not doing it uh, yourself as a club. So let's kind of bring this one bring this one back, Jim, because um, – you know, I, I thought going into this conversation that the members who use the club, that's bad. The members that support the club, that's good. But it really sounds like there's a holistic place for, for everybody, and it's just a matter of accommodating them properly? Yeah. If, yes, absolutely. Because you're never going to have – our club, we have 5,000 people. We're not going to have 5,000 supportive members. Right. We're going to have some members that just come in, do their workout at 530 or out of the club by 7, and you know they do that four days a week. Again, that they're you know invisible and and um, you know uh, we don't really see or hear much about them. You know, our job is to try and convert people to supporters if we can. Um, some people just inherently that's in their nature that they are going to be supportive. People is they paid a lot of money to join and they want to become part of that community. And I think that the most successful clubs are the ones that have. A higher percentage of supporter mem- supporting members over members who just use the club, because those are members that are that are engaged in decisions and in discussions, mm-hmm. right? Uh, those are the members that that want to step up and volunteer and help and say, "I have a responsibility to make this club better tomorrow than it is today, and it's my responsibility to step in and do that." They're the ones who not only they express their dislikes of the club, like, "Hey, you know, you guys are doing something. I, I, I'm question why we do it that way." Um, but they're also the ones who come back to you say, you know, I attended an event on Saturday. I played golf on Tuesday. Um, you know, I was around the club on Wednesday and I got to tell you, it was unbelievable. The experience that I had with the staff or the condition of the golf course or the dinner that I had and food and beverage or the event that I attended. So they're as apt to tell you what they like as they are about dislike and often supportive members go out of their way to tell you more about what they like and dislike because they want to be that member that, you know, that, that is, um, uh, the one that you look forward to seeing at the club, not the one that you uh, dislike right. seeing at the club. Um, they recognize it's a community and they have a presence at the club. Like, you know, when they're in the room um, in a good way, not in a bad way. And so, you know, if, if you've got a, a higher percentage of members who just use the facilities, um, uh, you know, I think we have a responsibility as a, as a, as a management team, as a GM, as a board to try and convert more people to supportive members so that your percentage of members are more supportive than they are users of the club. We really hope this episode is a big help to you. If you know somebody else that could benefit from this episode, please share it. 
and let's grow together. Yeah, the archive of this podcast is available at engagedclub.com. And of course, we'd always like to hear your thoughts, questions, ideas, comments, anything you have to say via email at hello at engagedclub.com. Thanks for listening.